Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 73 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Today's episode is brought to you by TechSite Builder. TechSite Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean, professional, and effective website up and running for your IT business. Save time and frustration with TechSite Builder. Learn more at TechSiteBuilder.com. On today's episode, we have Jennifer Longworth on to talk about marketing on Twitter. She'll tell us about how to set up your profile for success, the do's and don'ts of building a following, what type of content to share, and what the heck is a Twitter chat. Plus, I recap my WordCamp talk and Paco updates us on his various cabling projects. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder Facebook page, click on the following tab, and select See First so that the live stream will jump to the top of your feed. Yep, and uh, today we're actually not live on Facebook because of some technical difficulties. Um, for some reason, my computer just does not want to uh, connect to Facebook. So um, for those of you guys who are hanging out waiting for the live show, I do apologize. Um, you know, when you're working with a third, third-party systems and, uh, you know, stuff happens, um, there's a rainstorm happening outside right now, so who knows what's going on, but... Uh, we do. We are able to record it, so uh, you will be able to catch the recording here shortly. And um, th- this is a good one. So I'm I'm ho- I'm bummed you guys weren't able to hang out uh, in Facebook for this one because I know you'd have some questions about our topic today. And and we're going to talk about uh, face uh, Twitter marketing um, and all about how you can market your business on Twitter. Uh, the ins and outs and some things to think about, some best practices and stuff like that. And we're going to be talking with Jennifer Longworth about that topic. And and she is uh, an expert when it comes to marketing via Twitter. Um, so we're going to dig into that in the uh, featured uh, section of the uh, podcast. Before we do that, we just want to uh, catch you up on what's been happening in our world. Um, so I'll jump into it first. Uh, last podcast, I uh, talked a little bit about uh, the fact that I was going to speak at WordCamp, this uh, WordCamp Baltimore, this previous weekend. Um, so I spent uh, the weekend up in Baltimore, which is only about a 45-minute drive from where I live, so not too bad. Uh, and um, it was, uh, so like I said before, you know, in the WordPress community, there are um, meetups, and then there's kind of the step up from a meetup, which is called a WordCamp, which is kind of a regional uh, conference of people who work in WordPress, who develop for WordPress, who use WordPress in their in their uh, in their jobs. Um, lots of different types of people who who touch WordPress in some way. We all get together and listen to to experts and community members um, talk about uh, all things websites and WordPress. Um, so I was had the uh, fortunate um, opportunity to speak at this uh, WordCamp, and I was talking about. Um, the kind of the um, the system that I put together to build TechSite Builder, and uh, you know it's built on WordPress multi-site, and there's a lot of customizations involved. So I talked about some of the technology we use. I also just talked about the idea of putting together 
uh, a turnkey website platform like TechSite Builder for other industries, you know, like dog walkers or dentists or, uh, you know, there's thousands of other industries you could build like a TechSite Builder clone for. And since I don't have the time to do that, I thought it would be cool to teach others how to put together a system like that. So that's what I did. Um, it went over really well. There's a lot of interest from people around that topic. I think um, it's, a, it's, it's, um, it's a very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's something that, that WordPress developers are interested in because it's something you can build and set up and then it kind of runs scale. itself, right? Yeah, you can scale it. And uh, it's very automated, um, very hands-off. So right now, you know, the most time I spend on TechSite Builder is just adding new features and, you know, supporting existing users. And you guys kind of make it easy on me because, you know, you guys are pretty techy, so you can normally figure stuff out on your own. Um, and then occasionally when you do uh, submit a support ticket, it's, it's, it's easy to take care of. Uh, that's why I love working with you guys and working in this industry. Um, so, so I talked about all of that and, um, and it went over really well, got some real interest from folks. And, uh, so that, that, that kind of went well. And that, the way I apply that to you guys listening, uh, is I think it's important to, you know, speak in public, of course, look for speaking opportunities, not only to speak in front of your potential customers, but also to speak amongst your peers. And, and that's kind of one thing that I think a lot of, uh, folks in the IT industry don't think about is going to IT conferences and stepping up and being a speaker at those IT conferences. So you'll be speaking to other IT business owners. But the cool thing there is you have uh, you can build an opportunity as a subject matter expert in a particular uh, service you have or a particular technology that you're familiar with. Uh, I think back to the IT Owners Compass uh, event, and there were... Um, quite a few folks from the community who were attendees who also volunteered to be speakers and said, Hey, I'd like to talk on, on a particular topic that I'm uh, well-versed in. Um, and then they ended up, you know, being seen as the expert in that. So there was, um, you know, Matthew Brock with cloning uh, and there was um, Tom Bull with the processes he's put together in repair shopper and a couple other folks who, um, who spoke on a topic and then they're getting, you know, they're able to say, hey, I'm an expert. So, hey, if you are not an expert in your own business, maybe we can work out a referral relationship or you can send your clients over to me and I'll take care of them. And that and th that's something I don't think we do enough in this in this industry uh, is say, hey, I'm a cybersecurity expert or, hey, I'm a hard drive cloning expert or, hey, I'm an expert in this. I, you know, I've worked out a great process. I really know what I'm doing. I can do it efficiently. Um, I can, you know, do it for a pretty good price. Why don't we work out some kind of referral relationship? And that that's a great way to get customers. Um, I love referral relationships with other peers because you know that uh, if they have a good customer that they're referring to you, that means that that customer has already been vetted. That means the customer always, already kind of has an idea of, of how things go rather than trying to get random customers from you know advertisements and marketing where you're not quite sure what you're going to get um, when you get that uh, that new customer, a referred customer tends to more often than not uh, be, you know, a better behaved <laughs> customer, I guess you could say. Um, so, so that's something I, I, I want you guys to take away from is, you know, look for opportunities to speak at industry events, um, talk to your peers, just, you know, start a podcast or go on Facebook Live or whatever, and just talk about what you know, not only for your customers, but also for other IT business owners. Um, so that's kind of what's been going on with me. Um, as always, we have uh, our co-host, Paco LeBron. Uh, Paco, what have you been up to the this last week? So I actually got two questions for you. Okay. One, 
Did it open up contract hours for you for consulting hours for other of your peers so they can talk to you more about your idea for tech site builder? Yes. So I am actually currently working on uh, a course that uh, like a video course that's going to teach um, other WordPress developers how to build out a tech site builder type of platform. Um, so I got, you know, quite a few people interested in that. Uh, and, um, and so that's kind of where I'm going with that whole thing. Nice. And then two, um, keying off of what you said, um, peer-to-peer um, subject matter teachings are really powerful. And one thing that I would like to, uh, that at least to encourage is a lot of us know quite a bit about a certain product, but feel that we don't know enough to be able to say that we're a subject matter expert. Um, so always don't put yourself like, what's the best way to say this? Essentially, don't put yourself down on as far as not knowing something because you probably know more than somebody starting off or even someone who probably feels like they know the product but are trying to learn even more. And the reason why I mentioned that is because there was a point where uh, John Dubinsky told me when we were going through the whole him trying to go on Repair Shopper and then Slash Synchro, you know, I've been into the system for almost four years at that time, five years now. And he was saying that, you know, I, from where all the little intricacies of the system are, I just happened to know him because I've been in there. And he said that because of how much I've known, I should be doing something to really like onboard people or help people out when they, when it comes to it. And I never really thought about it because I felt like I didn't know enough of the system to do something like that. Well, that was a year ago. We had that conversation fast forward another year. Now pretty much a lot of the podcasters communities and good colleagues and friends are coming to me about what certain questions like that. So it's just something to think about where, you know, if you do are invested in something a lot, you probably know quite a bit more than what you think, you know. Right. Especially if it's with like a certain technology or system, if you've just spent some time in it trying to figure it out, you already know more than someone who hasn't started using it yet. Um, so, so you're, you're always kind of a step ahead and that's a lot of times that's the best time to teach because that's when it's fresh in your mind. That's when you're kind of can come at it. You can remember how it was to be a beginner and you could kind of talk through, um, how you got to where you are now. Um, so yeah, definitely just start out, you know, just talking to people saying, Hey, this is what I'm doing here. Um, this is what I'm working on and get their feedback. If they sound interested, if they're like, Oh, how did you do that? Or tell me more Then that kind of gives you a clue that maybe you're onto something and then you can look into uh, stepping that up and, and actually speaking about it. Yep. So that's, uh, those are my two questions or two points that I wanted to bring on your part. Um, as far as for me, since last week, things have just been really busy, busy. Um, I am currently working on three big projects. Um, I am wiring a warehouse for an e-commerce uh, fulfillment store slash online store. Um, so have my cable guy running through that whole process. I have another wireless setup that I got going on for a customer that just continues to keep getting plagued by wireless um, uh, issues. And one of the things that I should mention is coordination is key and having good people. So when I had him set up this uh, access point that was going to be in the middle of the floor, I forgot that it's actually being sent over by a patch cable or I'm sorry, by a patch panel. Mm. So there, the POE is not going through that patch panel like it is on the second floor. So in my head, I'm thinking that it's just going to get powered by the cat five, but through a patch panel, obviously not. So because I would have went over there tomorrow thinking, Oh, I just got to configure it and call it a day. 
by him speaking, uh, by speaking with him, how it went, he, he basically was able to tell me, Hey, look, you're going to need an injector because there's no power going to it. And then that's being able to remember, Oh yeah, it's a patch panel. So having good people actually help you to keep one step ahead. So you don't look like a fool going down (laughs) there and then it ends up being anarchy. So got that going on. And then I have a, this move that is just driving me up the wall that I've mentioned before, where I have a client that acquired another um, business. And I've come to find out from doing the onsite with the cabling people there, because in Chicago, when you're downtown, as I mentioned before last week, these are union buildings and they have to be specific cabling companies that go. I can't bring my own cabling guy there. We've come to find out that not only is the building over a hundred years old, it is considered a historical landmark. So we cannot drill through the floors. We cannot drill through the walls. Mm -hmm. There is no power in the areas that we need to install these things. So I am now coordinating with AT&T, the cabling company, the building management people to figure out how to do all this. (laughs) And it's becoming very interesting on how this is all coming through. And my client is loving every minute of it. And when I say that, I mean it in the loosest way possible, but is grateful that he has, like we say in our industry, one throat to choke. So essentially, he's able to come to me on what's going on, and I can relay to him exactly what's happening. So, right. and it's not like it's your fault, right? I mean, right. As long as you're <laughs> you're communicating with him, saying, "Hey, man, this <laughs> we got a, an issue here, and we're trying to figure it out." Yeah, he acquired the wrong business, is what happens. Right. But anyway, that's just my whole thing. But yeah, so it's just a matter of modernizing that suite, and because of the tight time crunch is making it even more interesting. So um, we just continue to keep finding new things as we continue to move forward. Um, So I will keep you all up to date on the new aspects of what we find out from there. Cool. Yeah. I'm I'm interested to hear how that ends up. (laughs) Uh, Cool. Always an adventure. Um, So uh, let's see, our our sponsor today is TechSite Builder. So instead of just talking about TechSite Builder and, and plugging it, um, I'm going to have Paco uh, pick my brain and ask me the tech site builder question of the week. Yep. Tech site builder question of the week, Matt, what is <laughs> in the world is the visual customizer on uh, tech site builder? Because I actually <laughs> recently logged in to update some of the imagery and branding on the site. Cause I'm trying to move away from the cybersecurity scare phase because everyone's now trying is jumping on that bandwagon. So I'm now trying to mold it to being your go-to it guy. So, or IT company. So that's kind of what I've been doing. And then as I went in there, I noticed this visual visual customizer, but I have no idea. And I'm sure there's a YouTube video because you have great onboarding videos in the portal. I just have not had a chance to look at it. So I figured I'd ask you on the show. <laughs> yeah, excellent. And that's a, the perfect question because um, talking about the videos, number one, we're like, we're in between videos. So we recorded videos, a lot of videos when we first launched TechSite Builder, then we've made a bunch of changes we're waiting to do a few more changes and then we're going to record basically most of those onboarding videos again because we've got some new stuff that we've implemented. So we're kind of in in the in-between phase right now. So you, you might not find some videos for some of this stuff, which is um, which is perfect uh, with, with you bringing up that question. So you mentioned the visual customizer, which is um, something that's actually built into WordPress. Uh, and if you use WordPress either through TechSite Builder or some other platform um, or on your own website, uh, you might have noticed some some things happening in the visual customizer. That's something that WordPress implemented a, a few years ago, um, 
And they've been constantly moving more of WordPress into the visual customizer. So they've been putting in some of the theme settings and the widgets and the menu and, and all of the stuff that you can, any, anything that basically affects the way the website looks on the front end, they're moving into this thing called the visual customizer. And what that does is it basically gives you a view of your website and then a, a menu on the left where you can choose different things that you can edit about your, your website. Now, the, the confusion comes in when you also have a page builder like TechSite Builder does, and you're using that in conjunction with a visual customizer. Um, that's not only can be confusing for TechSite Builder users, but that's also just confusing for WordPress users in general. Um, and the, the thing to think about is the, uh, the customizer is there to make overall theme and uh, changes that affect the entire website, things like the, the logo um, the, the navigation menu, the widgets that show up in your footer, anything that shows on every page of your website, that's what the customizer is for. That way you can change the broad changes of your website and be able to, to preview those changes before saving them and stuff like that. Whereas the page builder is where you go to, um, to construct the individual pages. So like your service page, you can go and move things around uh, just inside the page itself. Um, and that's what the page builder f is for. And WordPress separates those two things out, the page content versus the overall theme structure and the visual uh, customizer, uh, because um, those things are different, right? The, the content that you write is different than the overall kind of structure of your website. Um, so, so those things are separated. And just like I'm in, in between phase with things I'm implementing in WordPress and and the videos I'm creating, WordPress is kind of an in, in an in-between phase where it's trying to implement more visually um, representative ways to edit your website, but it's still got some of the legacy stuff that it's it's holding on to for backward compatibility sake. So things are kind of slowly piecing together in the WordPress world. And as those things piece together in the WordPress world, I roll them out into the tech site builder world. Um, so I think that's probably a good idea. Um, as soon as I can, I'm going to record a few videos to kind of talk through some of those differences because um, that can be confusing. There's a page builder, there's a visual customizer. They look kind of the same, but they do different things. Um, so hopefully that helps a little bit. Yep. No, and and uh, the main question because I know that a lot of where you what you can uh, modify in the visual customizer. I remember we used to do it in other sections of TechSite Builder, which I believe was either site settings or head head. Um, there were a few places. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So there was like multiple places outside of that. So I was curious as like, that's where obviously everything's starting to go now, I would imagine. Yep. yep. So it. we're trying to move everything into that visual aspect so you can actually see the changes as you're making them and have like a better idea of, is this a change I really want to make? Is this going to look good on the front end without needing to, you know, go back, keep switching back and forth between the two. Gotcha. So it should, yep. you know, the, the idea there is to save time and, and make it easier to build your site. Got it. Answer my question. Awesome. All right. So if you guys want to uh, figure out what we're talking about with this whole tech site builder thing, go on, uh, check out tech site builder at tech site builder.com. And, uh, and then you can be up with the lingo <laughs> that we're talking about on the show as well. All right. Without further ado, I'd like to bring our guest on. Um, her name is Jennifer Longworth and she has been very patient waiting for us to get through um, all of our updates here. Uh, Jennifer is the social media manager for Up My Influence and she's going to talk to us a day today about uh, marketing on Twitter. So thanks for being here, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. First of all, you know, before we jump into kind of digging into Twitter and how to, um, 
how to wrap our heads around using it for marketing purposes. Uh, just love to get a little quick introduction to you and um, kind of your history and what brought you to where you are today as a social media manager. Well, I went, I tried to go to college right out of high school back in the day, but what I do now didn't exist. So I didn't last very long. And I got my online degree from Southern New Hampshire University a couple of years ago in new media because I was already getting into that. I was working at a radio station doing social media for them. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> degree I'm interested in finally exists. So I had already started dabbling in Twitter a little bit more than I had and found out about Twitter chats from the university because like every Monday or something, the career center had a, a Twitter chat, which I'll talk about in a little while. And then I got involved in some more Twitter chats. And then when our social media marketing class rolled around, the professor was a marketing guy, but not a social media guy. And one of the modules, we had to do a Twitter chat. And he's like, I don't care. We just have to log on and do this. And I was like, hey, I know how to do these. So I kind of, you know, literally taught the class on Twitter chats um, for my degree. Nice. <laughs> so in a nutshell, that's that's me and my Twitter. Journey. And you learn by <laughs> teaching, right? So there's yeah. there's nothing like being asked to teach something to really help you get very intimate with it. So, I mean, I'm going to have to ask the question because I'm not sure what is a Twitter chat? What does that mean exactly? Well, the Twitter chat is a conversation on Twitter that revolves around a specified hashtag at a specific time. Mm. So every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, you can use hashtag Twitter smarter to get involved in this Twitter chat. And it's the same people every week who show up at 1 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays and use hashtags Twitter Smarter. And it's coordinated by Madeline Sklar. And it's not just a, hey, everybody, let's come in and talk about how to be smarter on Twitter. There's a set of questions. So Q1, Q2, Q3, and the host, and sometimes there's a guest with them and put out questions and then everyone responds to that question like with a1 a2 so you can kind of see where it goes and it lasts about an hour and people can network and get to know each other and make connections outside of the chat and it's a good time and there's chats about oh, lots of things out there i don't have a list is there a way to find twitter chats or, or learn about them yes and i keep losing that resource so i'm sorry <laughs> Maybe I'll email it to you. Hopefully you can stick in the show notes or something. Cool. Yep. No problem. Yeah. So that's, the, but that's just like, I didn't even know that type of thing existed. So that's, mm -hmm. that's good to know those exist. So we can kind of keep an eye out for them. If we see someone else we know participating in something like that uh, with the question numbers and stuff, we, we know, Hey, mm -hmm. that's a Twitter chat. Maybe I could jump in there. And, uh, and that sounds like a good way to, to network and get yourself known in, in different circles and, um, that's that's a great tip right, right off the bat that I didn't even know Absolutely. about. Absolutely. And I and I assume that that's kind of why everyone puts such an emphasis on hashtags for certain type of talks or conversations or events to be able to have these type of Twitter chats so it's solely on that particular chat so it doesn't kind of mingle in with with another chat I would imagine or another brand or something like that, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I went to an event this last weekend and we had a hashtag for our event. So when I was posting pictures or quotes of what people were saying, I was using the hashtag. Well, there was another event happening across the country with the same hashtag. Uh. So either <laughs> you're at some megachurch revival 
Or maybe you're at a business conference or maybe you're in Europe at a book launch or something. (laughs) So it wasn't a specific hashtag. That was a, you know, follow the conference hashtag. There were just multiple conferences. So if you ever choose to do a specific hashtag, make sure it's just yours. It's very specific. You know. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's interesting. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that like when you were saying earlier how things have shifted in like new media and marketing and things like that. I have a, I have a nonprofit that I support and their marketing manager is in the similar transition where when she went to school, web 2.0 or social media didn't exist. So everything is just was email marketing. Everything was branding and billboards and um, uh, walking statistics. I think can't think of the, the, the traffic uh, for walking into like locations and things like that. So it's interesting, like you said, of the transition and how, a lot of that too. And I could say Twitter obviously is um, the best way to do like water cooler conversation to be able to get to someone easier and not seem as spam because you can, you'll be known right away that you're either a, a legitimate account or you're just a bot or just trying to spam. Yeah, you say right away. And Twitter has really been cracking down on bots lately and changing the way automation and some of the tools marketers grew accustomed to using. But then somebody goes and blasts the same message out over 50 accounts and it feels like spam. And finally, Twitter's like, no more. <laughs> so they've put in a lot of you know, different safeguards to cut down on the spam and the bots lately. And it's been a much more pleasant experience. Now, they didn't eliminate it because spammers and bots are are clever and they do their thing but so um uh, so what the the way i like to approach these types of topics is you know assume that the listener knows nothing and so if um if you know the listener is uh has an it business uh and they want to get started with twitter they they might have started an account but they haven't done anything with it um and they want to you know start you know, get in the name of their business or start this whole marketing on Twitter thing. What's a good way to get started? What are some of the first things they can do? Okay, well, we're going to start with your profile. Right. Number one, you got to have a profile picture. If you are an egg or a no profile picture, you that kind of screams spam. Mm. Bought, you know, people who just go on and you don't even take the 30 seconds to upload a picture. So make sure you have a picture. If you want it to be a personal brand, use your face. (laughs) If it's going to be a company brand, you can use the company logo. But a picture of a tree or something that doesn't, yeah, it's a sunset. That's lovely, but it doesn't tell me anything about you. So definitely that's what everybody's going to see everywhere. A little circle with your hopefully face or logo in it. So definitely need a good high resolution profile picture. Number two is your banner, your cover photo. Also, needs to tell something about you and or your product, your service. Don't make it just a scream at you advertisement or whatever, but give me a little bit of information. Make sure it's mobile compatible so it looks good on your phone, tablet, etc., and on the computer because a lot of people will format things for one or the other, but if you switch it, it doesn't look good. So I was looking at someone's on my phone. I was like, wow, that looks fantastic. Then I go to my huge computer monitor and it looks awful. awful. So high resolution again there. So a good profile pic, a good cover photo. One thing 
one piece of real estate that people overlook is your display name. Mm. So I'm at Joys of Mercy, but it's Jennifer Longworth, podcast editor, or when I was a speaker once, Jennifer Longworth, hashtag PM18 speaker. You have 50 characters there to work with. So you can tell me your name and then what you do or your company name, what you do. Not So I'm like, wow, what's this? Jennifer, I don't care. Who's she? Or this company, what do they do? I don't know. What, you know cat on a stick. What's cat on a stick? I don't know. That doesn't tell you anything. Um, that's my unofficial company when I threaten my cats <laughs> with when they're bad. What's for dinner? It's going to be cat on a stick. So it's not a real thing. It's just what I tell them all the time. Now someone's going to go out and make that their Twitter handle. <laughs> I don't think they can. I think I might, I, I think I own it. <laughs> or, no, that somebody does have it and they don't do anything. I looked into it once. It's been a while, nice. <laughs> but then I gave up. So make sure you use that. The next you have your bio, which is when you're looking at Twitter, you have your little picture, you have your display name, then you have your bio. You have 160 characters there. Use them wisely. Mm. Fill it with keywords, but relevant keywords. You know, some people like to stuff keywords into places so they're noticed, but they don't, I mean, the keyword doesn't have anything to do with what you're talking about. So don't do that because that's annoying and spammy. Right. <laughs> we don't want to be annoying and spammy, but we want to tell people who we are, what we do. And your bio is one of the key things that is going to tell someone if they want to follow you or not. So if it's for your business, it should be like maybe your your unique value proposition or, you know, a quick kind of elevator spiel about what you do. That kind of thing. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. That's this is your elevator pitch on Twitter. Okay. So here's <laughs> you got 160 characters. So um in the bio or in uh the display name, I do notice a lot of profiles use uh emojis. For yes. kind of to speak to what they do. Is that frowned upon or is that encouraged or it can go either way when explaining what they do? Some of my favorite Twitter gurus out there use emojis in their profiles and such. So I say that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't started doing that yet, but it gets attention, and there's one guy out there who will change his display name every day, the little tag on the end of it, just to, like, oh, no, then it's a stick. What, what's he change his thing to today if everyone, if all his followers oh, know cool. he's going to do Oh, I wonder what he's going to be today. I like that. So you can, it's not set in stone. Yeah, I thought, like, I don't know, for some reason I felt like if I did that too often, Twitter would, like, not like it or something, but I guess that's not the case. Oh, there's things that Twitter doesn't like, but that doesn't happen to be one of them. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Great. That's a cool so tip. you have your, your bio. There's, you don't have to put your main website link in your bio because there's a place for your link down below. However, if you have like a secondary link, you can use Bitly or a link shortener and use one of your, you know, a few of your 160 characters and sneak it in there mm. if you need to. Cool. And my final thing for someone just getting their profile started is your pinned tweet. Mm. So Twitter allows you to pin a tweet at the top of your profile page. If someone's just clicking through, this is the first thing they're going to see always. So if you have some sort of, well, ebook or the funnel 
right. to get people in your funnel. I'm like, totally like a lead, lead magnet. magnet. Yep. That's what I'm looking at. I'm like, what is the name of this thing? <laughs> if you have a lead magnet or something like that, that's great to, to pin. And all you have to do to pin a tweet is tweet it out and then click the little, there's a little arrow down and it'll say pin the top or pin tweet. Let me make sure I'm saying And it'll say, oh, that's, uh, you can't pin retweets, <laughs> uh, by the way. Oh, pin to your profile page. Cool. And you can only have one pin tweet. So pin to your profile page. So make sure that is valuable as well. Keeping in mind that this is who you are on Twitter and what is going to get you a follower or not. Right. Cool. So definitely some things to keep in mind as you're, as you're getting things started and, and you want to fill out all of the areas. Um, I think that's good, a good tip for any social media or any kind of um, home that you have on the web. If you get an account or you set something up, take the time to like go through and fill out all the areas and think about it and put thought into it. Because too many people just like create an account here, create an account there, and then they never do anything with it. And, um, and like you said, people are going to click through if they like what you're saying. They're going to click through on your profile, say, hey, is this someone I want to follow? And they're going to read that bio. Uh, and you know, look at that name. I know I do um, to to find out what you're all about. So, um, so the next step, I guess, would be to maybe start following people, um, start engaging. What what are kind of the the thought processes around who to follow, who to engage with, that kind of thing? Well, make sure you've started tweeting a few too before you start your follow, follow, follow. Because if someone follows me and I go, oh, what what's their deal? And they haven't tweeted, mm. eh, yep. spam bot. You know, that's not eh, not going to get you anywhere. So make sure you've started providing a little bit of content. It has, doesn't have to be huge yet, but like everywhere, like you hear, content is king. So have a plan. If you have updates, blog posts, there are social media tools out there that will auto post for you in ways that Twitter does like. <laughs> Hootsuite, Buffer, Social Oomph. Manage Flitter, lots of different choices. So create some content, automate it so you don't have to worry about it every day. We, it's good to tweet consistently, at least five times a day if possible, but you don't have to sit at your computer or your phone all day long to do it. Just set it up, set it and forget it. If you're already out there doing promotions on other platforms, just repurpose it for Twitter. So now we have content going out. So then if someone sees me and wants to follow me, they won't run away the other direction because it's useless. Okay. To get followers, you should be a follower. That is the magic of Twitter. Don't be obnoxious about it. And as one of my friends says, the golden rule on Twitter is don't be creepy either. <laughs> With a new account, you should not even try to follow more than 75 to 100 per day. Just getting started because you will get shut down quickly. New followers, new accounts can't even follow more than 5,000 until the, the ratio is correct. So Twitter doesn't like people who follow, 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 follow. And then if you don't follow them back, unfollow. But this is how the game works. And there's tools like Manage Flitter and Tweepy that you can go out and just sit there and follow a bunch of people and then check a week later. And if they don't follow you back, you can unfollow them. And you don't have to sit there and click through all of them manually, but Manage Flitter and Tweepy will just pull these out for you. 
Now, how do you decide who to follow? You can follow your competitors. You can follow influencers. You can follow people who are talking about what you talk about by doing some social listening. You know, find some keywords that you're interested in. You know, computer business marketing. See who's talking about that type of thing. And then follow them. And then see who else is following them as well. Who are they engaging with? And Twitter's got some great search tools, which I won't go into because it's a little beyond basic. I mean, search for stuff you like and that you want to follow and for the people who you want to follow you. You know, if your audience is currently following company XYZ, well, sneak over to company XYZ, see what they're doing, or if that's where you presume your audience is, and then start following their followers which you could do with Manage Flutter and Tweepy so you don't have to manually do it. It'll show up for you. There's so many tools out there you could use. What was that second one, Tweepy? Tweepy. It's T-W-E-P-I. Ah, okay. Tweepy. And that, that one kind of helps you um, automate a little bit of the following process? Yeah, it searches Twitter for you. So I do a little bit of podcasting. I want to follow other podcasters. So I put in podcast as one of my keywords. And then it's like, boom, here are some accounts we suggest you follow based on your keywords. And then you just click, 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 click through them. So lots of, lots of good tools out there. Those are just the two that I use most often without my influence. Excellent. So, um, so we, you know, we're going to start following people. We're going to start, um, you know, starting to, to tweet and get some content out there. Um, you know, five times a day that, that, feels like a lot. What, what are some things that we can do to, um, to come up with stuff to, to fill up those, those, those slots per day? Is it okay to rehash stuff we've done in the past? Is it okay to use some of those as retweets? Um, you know, what, what are we looking at as far as what we're posting? Well, Twitter says absolutely do not post the same thing on the same day. That's mm. one of the things they cracked down on because okay. people were recycling content. So you can't do that anymore. But some of the Twitter marketing gurus say, you know, once every three days of the same content, they're not going to come after you for that. So with the podcasts I do, we put it out the day it's launched. But then every few days after that, like, hey, did you listen to this? Hey, did you miss this? In case you missed this. So the same show will go out multiple times. People on Twitter love images. And if you just have canva.com and find some stock photo and a happy little quote and put on it, ta-da, now we have an image to share on social media. Uh, that's canva.com. So those go over real well, too. There's another tool, if you're super lazy about these things and you love using tools, called Social Jukebox. And you can sign up for that, and it'll tweet for you quotes or whatever. Quotes mm. are the most popular thing I know. And it has curated content in there already. Just sign up and tell it what you want to tweet and how often, and it'll just do it. So you don't have to come up with that. Um, there is a tool called Missing Letter. And... With that, it will create content based on blog posts. So if your company has a blog, Missing Letter will grab the RSS feed and read it and say, oh, look, here's an article. I have just created content for you. See if you want to use this. And then you pick what you want. And it'll do images or text 
and you choose what you want and it comes up with a content calendar. So it'll post like the first day, the third day, the seventh day, and then the 30th day, 90th day and spread it out. So you can have a 12 month campaign just by putting this in once and it reads your Wow, that's really cool. Feed. Yeah. I saw that I saw that on AppSumo and I wasn't quite able to wrap my head around what it did, but that really helps. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Yeah. There's so many tools out there you can use that make it so much easier. It's like, oh my gosh, five times a day. Well, kind of. You don't personal thing is cool. Like, hey, I'm watching this ball game and this is what I think about. It. It's something different and add a personality to it. Right. But you, you don't have to do it five times a day because there's so many different options out there. So as a business owner, I mean, do we want to just focus on, um, you know, tweeting uh, like tips and, and stuff that's helpful about the services we provide? Do we ever want to just say, hey, this is a service we provide or do any kind of advertise like direct advertisement? What's kind of a good ratio or, or thing to keep in mind with that? Well, you don't want to just say, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me all the time because then people aren't going to look at you anymore, right? So make sure on your pinned tweet, you have your lead matter or something like, hey, this is what we do. And then if you're tweeting five times a day, one of those can be like, oh, by the way, this is a service we offer. But then also your how to give them some value, give them something, give them a reason to follow you. You know, if you're just, posting pictures of what you ate for lunch no one's gonna care after a while they don't need to follow you anymore and if you roll through their feed and they go what is this they don't unfollow <laughs> so giving value is good making people laugh is good too so if you can find a you know a meme or a gift or whatever to give attention they oh yeah again giving people a reason to follow you and providing content and then working in the, hey, by the way, we do this, or did you know? But also you can do polls, you can do live video, you can do pre-recorded video, you can ask questions directly, try to get some engagement going on. It, it's not, Twitter is a place to have a conversation. And we haven't quite gotten to that part yet. But that's where the magic in Twitter happens, beyond just a Twitter chat and as a case study, I have a paying client directly from a Twitter chat. That is the connection. We were both in the Twitter Smarter Chat. She remembered I was a podcast producer from that chat. Time passes. And when she needed that service, she came to me through a Twitter message. This is a real thing that happens. I'm not just making it up or saying it's some lovely thing, but I have a paying client because of a Twitter chat and it's the engagement. And if, if someone you're interested in tweets something, you can respond and start a conversation and engage with them and, and encouraging your followers to engage as well. You know, start a conversation, find a conversation. Do not auto DM people. Uh, do not set up an auto responder. <laughs> <laughs> Paco says, preach. <laughs> those are the worst. Yeah. I think um, going back on what you said on how you were able to acquire that client, um, the hashtags and the Twitter chats are very powerful, right? And the way that we can use that, and I've done this in the past too, is through the advanced search, I believe on Twitter, 
to dial it down ge- the geography uh, for local and then searching those hashtags on, you know, computer repair. I need help with my computer. Why does my computer suck? You know, things like that. And join those conversations. And what I've done is um, I've actually went on the hashtag, I hate Best Buy or Best Buy sucks or things like that. And the reason why I searched those hashtags, not to knock at Best Buy, but these are people complaining about whatever they purchase, specifically PCs, laptops, things like that, MacBooks, or, you know, I hate Apple or why Apple and things like that. And I would engage with them and I would reply to them and basically give them assistance and say, hey, have you tried doing this? And I do it out of my company um, Twitter account. So that way, yeah, I gave them a little bit of free tech support, then it was probably something real quick on my part. Like, Hey, try this. But now you're in the front mind of them. Maybe you'll get a follow. Then if you're curating your content, you're in front of mind in that exchange, kind of like what you said, when they're ready for the service or they need something, they'll go ahead and engage back with you. So that's something that for any of us that are looking to try that out, those are some things to look into searching those hashtags and joining that Twitter chat um and really trying to engage on that particular field or whatever field you're trying to look for to um give some value to who you would want as a as a potential prospect. Yeah, and what you're saying about engaging with those those people, you never know who is going to end up watching that conversation either because Twitter is wide open. <laughs> Anybody can spy on you, you know, and see what you're talking about. So you may be helping this person and someone else is watching going, Hey, that's a great idea. I knew that. And then they might start following you because they saw you giving advice to someone else. And we've seen in the news how certain companies out there will either properly use or improperly use Twitter in customer service. (laughs) Things can go incredibly right for them or incredibly wrong depending on how. So do not underestimate the role that Twitter plays in customer service. I had one of the meal delivery services, meal kits, and it was less than satisfactory. So what I do, I went to Twitter. I'm like, hi, look at this picture of these peas. I don't see any peas, do you? Or whatever, at company. And they do what? Like, hey, we're going to your DM to take this conversation off <laughs> main feed and then stop embarrassing like, us. We'll go ahead and get to we'll address the situation as it is. And you're exactly. right. I mean it's it's the power it's the power of many through mm-hmm. just that one tweet, like exactly like you said. It's as powerful as a review, but here anybody can join on. And it's on a yep. public platform too. I mean Delta Airlines, I hear see this get hammered all the time cell phone providers, which is why a lot of these big companies created support channels on Twitter for this very reason. Mm-hmm. Is that something that um, the average small business should uh, look into doing, creating a support Twitter or maybe encouraging people to to send support questions to Twitter? I don't think as a small business, you would quite need the own channel yet because your main account could do that as well, but definitely encourage it, promote it, say, hey, find us on Twitter, ask us questions on Twitter. Don't be afraid of using the platform. But as a small business, I don't think you need to try to be Delta and go with multiple channels at this point. And I think that could be a way to encourage people to reach out rather than like leaving a negative review. 
um, on, on, you know, one of these review sites that we talk about on the show a lot, um, you know, uh, instead of them leaving a one-star review, um, encourage them to say, Hey, if you, have, you know, if you, if you want to talk to us about the service or if you have uh, customer service related issues, hit us up on Twitter or whatever. And then you can have that conversation in public to kind of work through it. Um, and, uh, and let other people know that, Hey, you know, you're willing to talk through things and, and you've got a great attitude about things and, and you're willing to work with people and then hopefully turn that around to a more positive review. Absolutely. It's amazing what the, the threat of a negative review will get for right. you. And there's the peer pressure of, of Twitter that uh, keeps these companies in line. And the amount of stress. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So um, before we start to wrap things up, um, what do you see as kind of uh, the future of Twitter? Are there any cool new features that's coming out? Is there something to keep an eye on um, as we grow our Twitter following and, and continue to to utilize Twitter, maybe uh, features that are already implemented that not a lot of people know about, stuff like that? Well, the key features, especially in thinking of, I'm just getting started on Twitter, try to figure it out, are the advanced search, and you'll just have to play around with this, finding all the tools. And I'm sure as Twitter changes their plan, different tools are gonna come along. One thing that happened in Twitter recently was, used to be, you would just see everything in your feed as it came through. Well, now Twitter says, hey, you might have missed these. We think you wanted to see these tweets. So the timing in the strategy has shifted a little bit and will continue to shift because all social media does this. So Facebook, one day you can do this, the next day you can't do that. And how are we going to do this? And the whole social media marketing world goes, ah! <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it's hard to say because it, who knows what they're going to do tomorrow? Changes all the time. Yeah, it changes all the time. Just stay in the know. But remember, it's not 140 characters anymore. It's 280 in a tweet. So that's one thing they did not too long ago. So our our space is expanded. So you just kind of have to be involved on Twitter and see what's happening. And if you're terrified right now of Twitter, a don't follow the people in the news who cause trouble. <laughs> Just don't follow them. You don't have to see the junk that shows up on Twitter. You don't have to follow celebrities or news media outlets or anything like that. You don't have to follow them. You don't have to see it. You don't have to see it. I don't follow. If, if I see someone coming across my feed who's talking about something I don't want to see, I just unfollow them. So don't be power. afraid of Twitter. What's coming down the line? You have to ask the Twitter people because I'm, I'm not in the know. <laughs> Got to roll with the punches and I think just fall back on those um, tried and true, uh, you know, um, it's about conversations. It's about connecting with mm -hmm. people. It's it's not about um, just marketing or trying to be the coolest Twitter user. <laughs> just, um, you know, do do what you do, what you always do and uh, and roll with the punches, it sounds like. And be transparent, be yourself, do your thing. Great. And then you'll attract, hopefully, you'll naturally attract the kind of customers you, you want to get through that and connections or, or other types of, uh, of folks through that. Um, so, you know, I feel like we, we buried the lead a, a little bit here. You, you, you mentioned that you do podcast production and podcast editing, and I think that's probably like something we could bring you back on in the future to talk about. But um, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Like, what, what do you do with that uh, and just kind of your experience with, with podcasting. 
Well, I believe that everyone has a message to share and my influence as part of our thing as well, that everyone has a voice that needs to be heard. And as a podcast producer, I believe that voice should come across clearly from the podcaster's lips to the listener's ears. So my job as an editor is to make sure that message is clear, mm. that there's no distractions, no background noise, no, uh, 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 and we've been doing pretty good with that, guys, as the editor. I try to edit myself as I go along, but sometimes there are strange things that happen. So I like to think I make people sound brilliant, and my title on my business card is the executive producer of awesomeness. So there's that. That's that's quite the thing to be <laughs> <laughs> to, to produce. Um, so uh, just really quick, because I know there's folks who are interested in um, podcasting and they list, you know, a lot of times people who listen to podcasts are interested in podcasting eventually. Um, so uh, especially for like small business owners, IT guys who are listening, who might be interested in starting a podcast, maybe just really quickly, since because that's not what this topic is about, but just really quickly off the top of your head, maybe a few things that they should keep in mind or, or look to do, uh, you know, uh, to, to get started with that. Well, go to podcastwithjennifer.com. That's a great place there to start. And click work with me. What? Okay. <laughs> also, just remember that the riches are in the niches. Not everyone is your target audience. Find out who your target audience is and speak to them. General marketing stuff, but it also works well, extra well in podcasting. Excellent. Well, cool. So, um, got a lot of uh, great stuff uh, that we talked about and, and a lot of knowledge to share. So I really appreciate you helping us dig in a little bit on Twitter and give us a good kind of um, uh, like starting point for a lot of us um, or just something that we can all revisit. Cause there's quite a few things, you know, I, uh, honestly, and I'm sure you could tell through, <laughs> through this interview, I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter. So there's quite a few things that I've learned and you've re-motivated me to get back on Twitter and, and start using it more. Um, uh, and so thank you for that. Um, where could people go uh, to, if they want to pick your brain about Twitter, probably follow you on Twitter, right? Follow me on Twitter is the best way. It's at joys of mercy, J O Y S O F M E R C Y joys of mercy on Twitter. You can find me there. Excellent. Uh, was there anything else Paco that you wanted to touch on? Nope. I think we good. All right. Well, uh, thanks again, Jennifer, for being on. And I, I do mean it. I think we'll need to uh, bring you on in the future to talk podcasting because I think Paco and I could talk podcasting all day. So we'll leave that for oh, a, yeah. another Oh, episode. yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Good to know. Thanks for being on and, and we'll, we'll keep in touch. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Um, first of all, don't forget to join us in the Facebook group. Uh, just go to techsitebuilder.com slash group, or just search for computer business marketing in Facebook, and uh, you could join us in the group. There's lots of great tips and tricks that people are sharing. Uh, it's a great place to ask questions to a group of people who uh, will probably have a good answer for you, who have lots of experience, um, lots of different levels of IT business owner in there. And there's also some um, marketing uh, service providers in there as well. So not only can you get good answers uh, to your questions, but you must also be able to hire an expert to, who can really help you um, uh, with whatever you might need. So definitely check that out at uh, the Computer Business Marketing Facebook group. Uh, let's keep the conversation going. Head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com. Let us know what you think about this episode in the comments section below the show notes. Um, and again, I mentioned uh, join us in the Facebook group. Uh, we can't wait to see you over there. 
And if you listen to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, be sure to give us a shout out and leave a review. We love to hear your feedback and every comment helps so that the podcast can be found by others. Finally, don't forget to check out today's sponsor, Tech Site Builder at techsitebuilder.com. Thank you guys for checking out this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. This is Matthew Rodella. And this is Paco LeBron. Saying here's to your success. Mm-hmm.